You're listening to Real Talk with MBK, a podcast designed to raise emotional and relational consciousness. I'm your host, Mary Beth Konis. Real Talk with MBK will regularly cover sensitive topics, so this podcast is for adults only and may contain adult language. Also, Real Talk with MBK is not offering any psychiatric or medical diagnoses. We're here to open up conversation about the beautiful, gritty experience of being human. So if you're ready to awaken your mind and ignite a more creative approach to your life, you're in the right place, and welcome. Welcome back, my friends. Okay, in the spirit of emotional intelligence talk, today I want to discuss the power of storytelling. And this isn't necessarily, you know, the Brene Brown, she's a storyteller, an incredible storyteller. This is more the stories we tell ourselves in our heads and how powerful they are Um, and how they're actually dictating our entire life story. So, um, this is something I just recently became aware of in the realm of life. Just over the last couple years, um, you know, I have always described myself as someone who has a wild mind. I'm very creative and imaginative and have that artsy side. I can never remember if that's left or right brain, which is probably right in line with being whatever type of brain that is. Um, So, and that's such a beautiful, wonderful thing about my personality and the way my mind works, but something that has been absolutely devastating at times is the stories that I have created. And what happens is we get a little bit of information when we first meet somebody or start a new job or get in a new environment, like whatever it is, we get a little bit of data, right? And I like to tell people, it's like when you get in a new relationship or you meet somebody for the first time, they are a blank page. Your relationship with them is a blank page. And to, you know, I caution people, don't jump the gun and start filling out that page all by yourself before you get information and facts actually from them. And this isn't just like data on like, oh, this is where I was born and I grew up here and I went to college here and I was married and then I was divorced or whatever. This is like facts about who they are, their character, how they respond in stressful situations, how they react to disappointment or heartache and things like that. And so that just is something that they are going to have to put on that page and not you necessarily, but we like to, we like to fill in all the gaps before, um, we maybe have even seen it play out. And that is the essence of storytelling, that filling in of the gaps, um, between the actual facts and, responses that we have from these people, or even um, it it can be just like a situation or a workspace. Uh, We can think in our heads, oh, it's going to be like this, or it could be like this, or whatever. All of those what ifs, all of those I hopes, things like that, that can all play a part in the story we create in our heads. So 
I'm still learning more about this and observing myself in this area because um, I love storytelling, right? Like in its most generic form, I love creating stories. I mean, I'm a writer and it's what I do. However, I think I'm, I have a theory brewing um, that these stories that I create in my head are actually um, pretty negatively affecting my life. And what, what it does is it robs from the truth of who this person is. And I'm going to use this in a relational context just because um, that's the point of this podcast. We're going to up our emotional and relational intelligence. So that's the platform I'm going to talk about storytelling from today. Um, so if I meet somebody new and I have all these hopes, like I've seen a little bit, you know, you pick on, pick up on people's mannerisms and their tone and their um, assertiveness or gentleness or kind tone or, I mean, the inflections of their voice, like all of these things immediately feed into um, the beginning of us creating this image of this person or this filling out this piece of paper on them, this blank page. And so um, what I like to do historically is when I meet somebody, I'm like, oh my gosh, they seem really excited to have met me. That's fun. Um, And this is not just romantic relationships. I am talking all people. So this can be like moms, new moms at school or just literally anyone. Um, So I'm like, you know, they seem excited, mutually excited to meet me. That's fun. And they seem like they're a good texter right off the bat. That's cool. They're, you know, I'll be able to access them regularly. And and, you know, maybe they follow through with something. Maybe we set a coffee date and then they follow through. I'm like, yes, I can count on this person. And then we have coffee and then we have a great conversation. And so I continue filling out that page thinking, okay, you know, there's room to grow here. There's depth in this person. Um, that's very interesting to me. The conversation was easy. They're open. They're not closed off or out of touch with maybe who they are or whatever. So that's how I begin to fill out this page on this person. Well, here's the thing. If I get really excited, which mostly happens in romantic situations or people, potential partners, um, I go home and I really start filling in those blanks. I start creating, oh man, what if he wants this in life? And what if we like the same things here? And what if this is a shared interest or what if we um, are working towards the same things in life and I just start creating and it's all hypothetical right in my head as I'm thinking about it I'm like I don't know yet I don't know I don't know but maybe but maybe but maybe and so then what happens is I get these goggles on that are ready and looking and waiting to see what I have already written in pencil on that page for. So when I wrote it, I wrote it really lightly. Logically, I understand that I don't know these facts yet, but I'm still like really putting it out there that I hope this is what this person turns out to be or whatever. 
And so I look for that person to fill in that story that I've already begun in my head. And that right there is freaking dangerous. <laughs> it seems so innocent, doesn't it? When I say that, it's all like, oh, she's just dreamy and like hopeful, right? Yeah, I am, sure. But what that does is it closes off this authentic avenue that this person has to me, this space between us that they can enter into just as they are. They don't get to do that if I've already penciled in who I hope that they are. So it's become this pivotal daily um, observation for me in my life that I am like, oh, where's the story there? Oh, what's the story? So even with my friends and stuff, um, sometimes I'll have to send them a text and I'm like, hey, heads up, you know, you didn't text me back like all afternoon and it was kind of important that I needed to know that. So the story that's running in my head right now, and Brene Brown does talk about this, which I love. Um, she talks about um, just kind of stopping and saying, letting that person in on this, the story you got going in your head of, um, you know, I didn't know, is there something I did that offended you? Did I make you mad? Um, did I miss something there? Or were you just busy? And, you know, most of the time they come back, oh, I'm so sorry, I was just busy, whatever. But a few times they've come back with, uh, yeah, you know, it. the other day it actually frustrated me that you did this or that or said this or that, and so it kind of made it more difficult for me to just chit-chat with you t this afternoon, and so I just, I didn't. I kind of needed a little bit of space. And so either way, in healthy relational dynamics, approaching someone about the story that you've got going in your head is going to either squash the story immediately and they'll bring the truth and you'll be like, wow, that was nothing like the story I had in my head. And you'll immediately shut it down and move on. Or they will, uh, it will open up a real conversation that needs to happen. So you can kind of clear the air and clear that space between you and move forward in your friendship. So, or in your relationship so either way, super important to be aware of your own stories because st stories go right along with feelings. They are not factual necessarily. They are data and information on you. So these, just like feelings, anger is not bad. It's not negative in and of itself. Clean anger leads you to a root belief that needs attention in you. And it, it, every emotion is that way. Sadness, grief, pain, disappointment, disgust, um, excitement, joy. All of those things are leading you somewhere and they're telling you more information about yourself. And it's the same thing with the stories you create in your head. So they're very, they're extremely informative and it's getting easier and easier for me to recognize the stories as soon as they start. Um, it's just fascinating to me that they're just nonstop. It's almost constant. And um, what I do now is when I feel that trigger or that initial like 
rejection or kind of blow to the ego or just something like that stirring in my gut or punch in my face or whatever it is, <laughs> whatever the feeling is at first, I get curious about that and I dig a little deeper um, as the story is kind of going on. I'm like, okay, I am creating a story there. You know, all I know is that she didn't text me back like she normally does. She's normally right on top of it. We, you know, we have a good text banter. Um, and this time, you know, it took her four and a half hours to get back to me. And that feels very uncomfortable, uncomfortable to me. So then I'm like, why is that uncomfortable? And what am I needing from her? What sort of validation or what question am I asking her covertly and unconsciously by sending this text and not getting a response immediately and then getting my feelings hurt or whatever it is. So there's a lot to get curious about there. Um, when we start those stories and they're usually connected to a feeling and those two things can really guide you into the deeper belief. Um, and that's where that self-awareness and that introspection and just spending that time to, um, kind of dig in and get to know yourself a little more becomes extremely helpful and that is where growth happens and it's so simple if we're aware so um, it all begins with that awareness and just observing oh look at me I'm doing that I'm starting I'm starting that story I actually <laughs> I based that man's entire character off of one interaction I'm like that's probably not an accurate um, perception of him or or whatever. Um, and so then I back off of that story and I'm like, okay, I'm just going to let him show up and be who he is and form my um, picture of him and belief about him from what he shows me instead of the one interaction that I had. Because I'm sure you're all thinking about your own stories and relational dynamics at this point, which is great, but you might be putting it together that if ever you have said, he's just not who I thought he was, or she just isn't the person I thought she was, that is like a neon flashing light that you created a story about that person and they didn't live into it. So if you've ever said that about somebody, your spouse your sister, your mom, whoever, I would challenge you to cut back on the stories, like really identify where you took one piece of information and ran with it and created an entire chapter about it um, and kind of delete that chapter. And it's kind of scary at first because you're like, uh, there's like this empty space and I don't know who this person is and can I trust them and how much should I let them in and how vulnerable can I be and all of that. But if you just al allow yourself to sit in that discomfort for a little bit and let them have space to show up just as they are, then you're going to have such a better grid for um, security in that relationship with them. You're going to be able to really trust that what you have in the relationship is real instead of 90% made up in your head. That was for me. It was like 90% in my head, 10% based on facts. 
And that is starting to switch. Now I'm like, you know, most of the time I'm like 70% based on facts, 30% a little bit in my head still or whatever. Um, but that's great progression for me and work. So, you know, always remember to be compassionate and gentle with yourself when you're observing, there's no judgment or criticism allowed in that space because that does not cultivate growth or change. If we're packing on shame and guilt and why were you such an idiot doing that whole your life, your whole life or whatever. Um, so I, t I say it all the time. We don't know what we don't know. How can you know what you don't know? And when you know it, like after you listen to a podcast like this, then you can begin to actually truly let that awareness um, seep in to your life. And that requires a lot of grace for your past and things like that. So open yourself up to that and you will be on your way to living a more emotionally intelligent life. So uh, until next time, we'll talk later. This conversation isn't just for me and you. It's for friends, family, colleagues, and our children. Please spread the enlightenment with your people. If you found this content to be helpful, be sure to leave a favorable review wherever you're listening from. And if today's real talk was really talking to you, send it to a loved one so they can join the conversation. Thank you again for listening and investing in the betterment of you and the world around you.